Welcome to Fast Growth Stories, the straight-talking guide for entrepreneurs who want to grow quickly and secure funding. Brought to you by EHE, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the EHE podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by somebody who has founded a business that I've admired for quite a long time and has really kind of hit the headlines up in the Northwest this year. It's Ryan Lawrence, who's the founder of Betmate. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Hi, Nari. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for for having me and for the, the nice introduction as well. Oh, I tell you, we've been for the last few weeks. Where are we at now? March, mid-March. I've not been able to go on LinkedIn without seeing a, a Betmate post over the the last couple of months. You've had a really brilliant start to the year, haven't you? Yeah, hopefully that's a a good thing, not not, not a bad thing. But yeah, we try to try to post fairly regularly on on LinkedIn, and and yeah, quite a few things have happened recently, such as the the Tech Nation Rise and Stars program that we progress quite far into, okay. and then the Tech Climbers as well. So they've pulled, and then we've also made some progress on the app and kind of bringing out new games that hopefully kind of our audience are really excited about. Yeah, great. You've just got another kind of, what have we got left in the year? Nine months or so to keep the momentum going now, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like awards, a challenge. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to hearing a bit more about Betmate and the journey of it, but I just wondered before we kind of get into that, if you could just give us a bit of background to yourself and how you became the founder of Betmate. Yeah, so I guess first of all, there's me and Declan kind of both share the same role in, in Betmate in terms of both founds of the business. But I guess before we, we go into Betmate, my my background beforehand was I went to university in Liverpool and kind of never left. And that's where we did end up founding Betmate. I studied international business, did a, a year in industry. And prior to this year in industry, I had aspirations of, of joining a, a big multinational corporation and kind of working your way up the ladder, but eventually wanted to, you know, build out my own business. But at that point, didn't really understand properly what startups were. And so in my placement year, I found a really great opportunity and worked at a startup accelerator incubator program as a, a product owner. So working really closely with entrepreneurs and in kind of their inception stage of their journey, kind of building out their MVP, kind of building out a, a team, gaining venture capital funding and scaling the platforms. So in terms of a, a year in industry, that was a wild experience, uh, yeah. a little bit of a sink or swim, but learned so much, couldn't have asked for a, for a better year. And that really opened my eyes into the startup. And then from there, kind of stayed on during my final year at university, still working kind of two days a week. Once I graduated, returned back as kind of product manager, doing a, a similar role. And then also worked a little bit as a investment associate, startup mentor, working with the very early stage founders kind of getting the pitch ready for investment, working very closely with them. And that was so I could really understand kind of what an investment committee would look for in a early stage idea, because I knew that we, you know, Betmate was always on the horizon for me and I know we'll get into that soon, but I felt like it was important to really understand kind of what those key drivers are for a VC, but hopefully how we can kind of build that into, you know, the very early stages of, of Betmate. Brilliant. Thank you. So you had like a really good kind of grounding in terms of your entry, you know, how you entered into startup and you, you, it sounds like you kind of knew from all sides of the fence, what people were kind of looking for, et cetera. So in terms of obviously you had a, a great start, where did the idea for Betmate come from and, and how did that evolve then? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the original idea was actually myself and, and Declan, who's got more of a technical background. And so it was actually during my placement year. 
and we were just staying late one evening in the office. And I think it was Declan that asked the question, what what kind of ideas do, do you have that you want to become you know, founder yourself? And I kind of said my piece in terms of, I think the better industry is broken. I think there's a, a space to be more responsible, more social. Spoke about a couple of my ideas. And then Declan shared the, the same experience and shared a few of his ideas around what this company could could look like. And then from then on, we kind of always had that mate in, in the back of our minds. We would stay late after work and kind of fill out value proposition canvases, fill out read canvases, almost go through that very early stage mm-hmm. journey ourselves. But I was still kind of in my place from years. I still hadn't finished university. So it probably wasn't the, the right time, but we still wanted to plot out kind of what this journey could could look like. And it wasn't until a few years later on when, you know, had the financial ability for us to both kind of quit our jobs and and go full-time on Batman and Marie trying to explore the opportunity. But it was, yeah, in, in the very early stages, you know, years before that we started theorizing about Batman, started talking about our vision for, for this industry. And it was really nice to have someone that, you know, you can share that with. Brilliant. And it's amazing really, isn't it? If it's gone over a few a few years that you were both still you both still bought into that vision and circumstances allowed that, you know, one person didn't kind of drift away, that you were both adamant that that you wanted to kind of, you know, use Betmate to address that problem. Do you think that's because you did put that legwork in early on around doing value propositions, lean canvases, etc. You both had a really clear vision that you bought into. Yeah, I think so, definitely. It was almost like rather than like you, you might talk with, with people about ideas that you might have and, and you know, just loosely talk about them, whether that be when, when you're out and about or, or just kind of in work. But yeah, I think spending the time and, and spending hours kind of building out the early landscape, it allows you to be a little bit more bought in and, and start to very early on validate those assumptions that you have and allow us to build very early on a little bit of a, a user panel that eventually we, we could tap into and, and kind of build out the, the first iteration of Betmate. Brilliant. Thank you. And one of the things you just mentioned was around taking the plunge and going full time. I just wondered what was the the catalyst for that? Because it's something that early stage founders really struggle with, but really that's often where the, the growth of a business comes from, doesn't it? When you've got more time. So how did you kind of reach that decision? Yeah, no, it was very scary. Um, was, don't get me wrong, definitely had some apprehensive feelings about it. And funnily enough, kind of the, the history of, of where I went before is one of the value props was to begin with, you, you shouldn't give up your day job, but you should try and validate, try and build a bit of an audience. And then once it becomes a real business and, and kind of inverted commas, then kind of go full steam ahead. But because of the the size of the industry, the size of what we saw the problem as, the amount of regulation behind it, we felt that we needed to spend as much time as we could in the earlier stages. And that was probably caveated with the the industry that that we were trying to tackle. And the amount of red tape, the amount of regulation, yeah. everything that we were trying to solve very early on. And we felt like we needed to spend a lot of time in those infant stages. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And before we go on a bit further, because I had some other questions around, I did have a question around the red tape actually. Was, I just wondered if you would give us kind of a 30-second overview of, of what Betmate is and, and whether it's differed slightly from where it was in that early stage vision. Yeah, so so Betmate is a, a responsible, social, people versus people betting platform. So the aim for Betmate is to eventually become the, the home of what we call social betting. This means that we will never offer a sports book 
We will never offer slots. We will never offer roulette. We really see ourselves as as hopefully a brand that the modern consumer can buy into a little bit more. Building those safety mechanisms, not allowing to spend over a certain amount and really have a, a fun social experience where you're always betting against other people, whether that be your own group of friends privately on the platform or alternatively kind of entering our public games for kind of bigger amounts of money and bigger prize pools, but really having kind of the the passion there for building out this more responsible, fun, social, people versus people brand. And on on, on the second question there in terms of how it differed from the early stages. So one of the first things that we did, you mentioned Red Tape, one of the first things we did was kind of try and get the license and kind of learn as much as we could about that. And that took a couple of months. We ended up writing that ourselves. So we almost fully immersed ourselves into what the industry was about, the amount of red tape that was involved, what we needed to learn. And then the second thing, we built that user panel that we've kind of spoken about before and then decided to kind of plot out a series of interviews that we would have with each one of these potential users and try and really focus on open-ended questions in terms of the problems that they saw with the industry, the problems that they had with different games that they played, whether that be with their friends or whether that be kind of online in terms of a, a traditional bookmaker. And then what we did is we recorded each conversation and we plotted out the feedback in like a, a Google Sheet. So to try and have that qualitative data and then try and address those pain points by listening back through the conversations on like a Google Sheet so we could hopefully better build out a bit of an analysis on, on what people's frustrations were and what their feelings were. And then that eventually became the, the V1 of, of better mate with our fantasy football offering. Well, thank you. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, it would have been really, I can imagine it would have been really painful to track all of that feedback on the Google sheet, but it's, it's literally like the hashtag like startup life, isn't it? That you have to do everything yourself. There's no process. It's all manual, but every piece of feedback that you get is so valuable in terms of shaping the future. So yeah, I think every founder can probably relate to one of those. Google Sheet moments, whatever that that may be for them. So going on to obviously you then decided to go full time into the business. And from there, you built quite a well-respected senior management team. What's been your process in terms of building that team, both on kind of identifying gaps and prioritizing, but also bringing people in with the right sort of culture and mindset? Yeah. So I think Declan and I have been quite fortunate in a way in terms of Nearly everyone that we've brought on has almost been a, a little bit of a known quantity in the sense that we've either worked with them before or we know people that have worked with them before. Now, that probably doesn't scale. So the team of, of eight of us right now, we brought on on Dan straight away as as a, like an additional co-founder. So Dan and Declan have more technical software backgrounds than, than I do. And we really wanted to build out a platform that was high-tech, that was custom-built. It wasn't anything you could kind of buy and then incorporate. It was all kind of custom-built for our vision for the bet mate and where we saw, saw kind of the, the vision for that. And then Jack, who actually ended up doing quite a lot of work for bet mate in the early days for free. You know, we, we haven't raised any money. We weren't bringing any, any revenue as a company, but Jack was kind of bought in to what we were trying to achieve with, with bet mate and ended up helping us out early on. And that allowed us to kind of see that, you know, people straight away bought into our vision. And at that point, we hadn't discussed share options. We hadn't discussed salaries, but just really wanted to, to help out. And then. We kind of said, you know, as soon as we do gain the venture capital funding or all the kind of angel investment that we need, then we bring on Jack as well. And then Mark is a developer that Declan's worked with on a couple of different companies before that have ended up doing really well. So Mark was an obvious choice in terms of further building out the tech team. And then there's 
other people that probably deserve a mention, like Adam Scott and Aura as well, all people that we've known. I actually went to university with Scott, lived with him for a couple of years. So really good to be able to bring, you know, a, a core close knit team because you've all kind of got shared experiences, whether that be one person or a couple of people to build out that, that culture. Bro, thank you. I think one of the things that's really rings true there is kind of the power of a network, isn't it? And it's one of the things that comes back over and over again with founders, particularly founders where business is growing fast, bringing people in, like you say, they are a bit of a, a known entity, but equally you're known to them. And, you know, it is difficult hiring in for startups because you can't compete with the salaries of, of corporates and there isn't kind of a process and, you know, you, you want people that are going to muck in and get their hands dirty. I know you've kind of, I don't mean in a bad way, but work the network well, you know, you, you've kind of invested in that network, like you say, with tech climbers, tech nation, et cetera. Has that been something that's helped you with your your growth, both personally and professionally? Yeah, no, I think that those, those events are a, a kind of a great way to kind of get out there and allow people to learn more about your story. And in hindsight, probably something that I wish we did a little bit sooner because then you can just be known a little bit more from key people. But now as we go to more and more of these events, it seems like people have heard of have heard of our story and it builds out that, like say, that network even further and hopefully something that will stand us in good stead as we kind of progress through through this journey. Real. And in terms of if you had to pick out a couple of highs and lows of bet, bet mate so far, the journey so far, what, what are your highs, what are your lows? So the highs is, a, a it's funny, isn't it? I think when you look back retrospectively, because you always look back in the, the early stages with very fond memories and, and kind yeah. of the, the early But not days. at the time. <laughs> but not at the time, exactly right. And probably exactly the same as what I'm going through right now. You know, you have your stresses at each stage. And I, I have no doubt that in a year, two years time, I'll be looking back on this time and thinking, yeah, what a great period that was. But yeah, the highs of the early stages and um, really trying to understand what we were building. It was all kind of a bit of a muddle out, so to speak. Yeah. We're just trying to get a bit clearer. But then from there, building the first version of BetMate that, of course, it, it wasn't complete by any stretch of the imagination, but just having people use the app for the first time was amazing. There was this huge moment that was kind of building up to it. And all our early adopters kind of went in, kind of tested the app for us gave us feedback and that was a really scary moment. I think we were in the office on Saturday or a Sunday and there was a football match on that we could test and seeing kind of our leaderboard update in, in real time, but there was bugs that we had to fix on the fly. It was before there was any money involved in Betmo, we just wanted to test out the game. It allowed us to have a few more bugs than maybe you would do if you were exchanging real money. But you look back on those times and the great memories. And then I think from then, building out that first investment round, having people that believe in your vision in, in very early stages, amazing, that want to be part of the, the future of, of the industry and, and hopefully part of our mission to, to change that. I think that there's some great highs. In terms of lows, I think it's, it's just, just understanding that startups is a, a bit of a roller coaster. You are going to have mixed emotions all of the time. There are going to be days where you're going to be really down and feeling quite vulnerable and it's okay. And, and they will come, you know, every couple of weeks along with the highs, there will be undoubtedly some, some lows as well. You kind of get them frequently as a founder, but it's important to kind of try and hopefully stay at a constant level of a, a balance of the two often. Brilliant. Thank you. I think one of the things we see is a difference in solo founders versus co-founders as well. And having, you know, obviously you are in a, a period of scale up and growth, having that team around and that co-founder really helps. Whereas I suppose in the early days for solo founders, they don't necessarily have that team to bounce off, which is why that that role of community is 
is so important. In, in terms of lows, I can probably look back on some highs built in there as well. But it, you talk about kind of your, your co-founding team reminded me of this. And when we first launched Betmate, we had a data provider that wasn't necessarily the best. So we'd have a football feed that becomes from Betmate. They would be quite slow to update. But at the time, we were just trying to prove out whether people would actually want to play this new type of social platform. And But that meant that along with that, the data was sometimes incorrect. So I'd end up calling Declan and saying, you know, something's gone wrong. They've given a goal for someone where there hasn't been a goal. And then all of a sudden, we'd both have to get our laptops out. Declan would help us fix it. And then we'd have to try and communicate that message to all of our users. And we're trying to apologize and, and make sure we don't have any churned customers as a result of it. And so there are obviously some lows that are built in, but something that, you know, having that, that team around you that kind of believe in the same vision as you yeah. is really important. Brilliant. And you talked early on about how you kind of got that experience around funding, pitch decks, what investors are looking for. Just wondered if you'd touch on your funding experience today and investor meetings, that type of thing. So we, it's like a little bit more of a, a timeline. We we gained our license to operate in February 2021, but we didn't actually launch the platform until around September 2021. So we wanted to build out kind of the first investment round between that period of time. Um, we did try beforehand when, when Betmate wasn't much of a platform, was more of an idea and um, the main concern there was around the license and we didn't have the license right. yet. So it was almost playing a waiting game until we could actually confidently talk to investors. And then the first thing that I actually did in terms of the investment round was again, try to use a little bit of your, your network. I didn't have a, a really strong network, but one of my close friends, his dad is, is very successful and someone that I'd respect immensely. So one of the first things we did in terms of building out our pitch deck was I just said, can I pitch to you as if you're an investor mm. and and build out that. Got some great feedback and that gave me the confidence then to build out a bit more of a, a strategy regarding investment. And then as we started to get a commitment or two of people that were a bit more interested and um, the original person that I ended up pitching to, one of my friends and father, he, he, he kind of said, I, I'd, I'd be interested as an angel investor, but only kind of if you raise kind of the the, the, yep. the full round. So then we went to, to raise the rest of the round. We, we pitched to a number of different SIS funds, angel investors. We went to an, an LCR angel networking event and where we, we met another one of our angel investors there. So trying to get out there as much as you can. And then eventually kind of jumped on a call with, with Hatch Ventures, who, who backed us in our SIS round. And then again, in our EIS round, uh, pitched to them. And met a guy called Jeremy to begin with, really believed in our vision. And then we jumped on kind of the next day with two of the partners there. And then that was it. We kind of had that, that commitment then for, for a hundred thousand pounds. And then we had an additional 50,000 pounds from two angel investors and then closed that, that early round in, in the June. Bro, thank you. Really interesting. You must have done a good pitch in the first instance to your angel investor that you knew when you thought you were just kind of testing it out. Yeah, I think it was just being, a job, wasn't you? <laughs> it was being vulnerable again. And I, I genuinely had zero intention of trying to bring him on board as an investor. I said that from the get go. I just want to hear your piece of advice because I, I know we've seen these pitches before. So I think going in there with, with that as well, you know, there's an old saying that I'm probably paraphrasing terribly that. When you go looking for advice, and that's when you can often get the ultimate thing that you may want or need in terms of like an investment angle. So just trying to build those genuine connections with people. And then if something comes a bit great, if not, then I have some fantastic piece of advice that you can bring on board to yeah. the next pitch. Yeah. I just want to know if you followed up all your other pitches saying the same line, hoping that you were going to be as lucky with the others. I, I'm not looking for investment. I just want the advice. 
No, I'm, I'm not sure I'll actually use that angle again, to be, be honest, contradicting myself there. But, but no, it was, I think building relationships is, is important as well. So even looking at our next round, start to build out investors and angel investors and trying to build out some connections as early as the December. And then we closed the, the next round in like the following December. So almost like a, a year in advance in terms of building out that pipeline, sending out our monthly investor updates to, to different angel investors or, or funds. And, you know, sometimes if someone isn't interested that they can either give you feedback as to why they might not be or, or recommend you to someone that, that could be. I think, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained is the, the alternative yeah. goes. Yeah. And then finally, I just wanted to ask how you balance growing, you know, growing your business with the award, you know, obviously award nominations gives you huge credibility, opens doors, networks, et cetera, and the investor conversations. It's really hard, isn't it? Because you almost have to wear sort of three hats. I just yeah. wondered how you balance all that. Yeah, no, it is really tough. Um, I try to balance my, my calendar. So usually uh, on a Monday and Friday, I try to have like internal days and then the rest of the week is is where either I'll be talking to investors or I'll be kind of planning out a bit more of a, a strategy around the business with with Deck and, and Dan or, or kind of where we'll be applying to different events like, like Rise of Stars programs, et cetera. But yeah, that's Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday normally when those investor conversations happen and and, and that's obviously really important because you need to balance both. I think also having the faith in the team that it's okay if you're not involved in, in every single meeting and every single yeah. decision. And that's only something that we've probably started to get a real handle on probably the last six months. And something that's really helped us is is building out like a key set of defined objectives and key results that we as a leadership team evaluate every single week, but also hopefully give clarity to the rest of the team that this is exactly what we want to be focusing on. And you have the ownership to operate kind of within that completely freely. Brilliant. Thanks very much. And then finally, I was just going to ask, you have given a bit of advice through this through this podcast, which I think people will find really useful. But if you could give some advice to entrepreneurs, what, what advice would you give? Yeah, I think the first one is probably something that gets spoken about a lot, but don't be afraid to speak to your, your users in, in the very early stages. So we built out that user panel that I referenced that had the, an archaic Google sheet attached yeah. to it. In Infamous Google sheet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was just, again, just kind of being vulnerable and trying to understand more about the problem and to understand if it was something that, you know, could have some demand for it. So I think it's really important to speak to use in, in your kind of early stages. The second thing is don't be afraid to ship an unfinished product. Feedback is more important than that. You know, you could spend a year or two building something that nobody loves, nobody wants. You know, why not try and get feedback on the first version of that after a month and that allows you to understand you know, those mini milestones on whether you're on the right track or not. And I think the final thing is probably something that I just referenced there in terms of more recently building out clearly defined objectives and key results that are key things that you measure that you kind of live in and judge yourself by. But I think the most important thing is the frequency at which you kind of check in with them. So before I'd been part of teams where we'd, we'd check in with them, you know, maybe once every three, four weeks. And what we try and do is every single Monday is look at how we've been progressing against them. I think just making that slight change in terms of frequency of checking in has made a, a huge difference in terms of how powerful they can be in, in steering yourself in the right direction. Brilliant. Thank you. Really interested. And in, I love hearing about your journey from kind of idea and the length of time, you know, the length of time then to going full time and then 
to seeing how that's scaling now and this year. So that's brilliant. If people did want to get in touch with you to find out a little bit more about Betmay or investment opportunities, etc., what's the best way of getting in touch? Yeah. So as Nairi correctly have referenced earlier, quite active on LinkedIn. So yeah. LinkedIn's a, a really good place to, to connect with me and, and kind of chat. So my name is, is Ryan Lawrence and, and yeah, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Email address as well. I'll try and respond as quickly as I can. It is Ryan at betmate.app. Very simple. But yeah, you can usually find me fairly active on, on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Ryan. Really interesting. We'll pop all the links to Betmate and your LinkedIn profile, etc., in the description box so people can get in touch with you. And I really can't wait to see what happens the, the rest of the year and, and beyond for Betmate. Cheers. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Fast Growth Stories. Please remember to subscribe and review and visit the ehe.team website for the latest on fast growth and funding.